Hello, and welcome to the Merrycast, the show that puts you on the fast track to business confidence. The people I interview here have either given me my business confidence directly or inspired me in other ways. My guest today is Niraj Shah. This guy's incredible. He has found great success in building a business around the use of LinkedIn and has inspired others, including me, to do the same. But he's much, much more than that. Niraj has got this amazing backstory, one in which he faced a big dilemma early on in his career. He also struggled at first until he discovered something very special that became core to his success. But I should let Niraj tell his story his way. I come from a family that are all entrepreneurs. I'm a third generation entrepreneur. So I think entrepreneurship has been in my blood or DNA, whichever you'd like to say. And I'm also grateful to have lived in a number of countries. So I was born in Kenya and grew up in the UK and moved to start a business in India where I currently am based. And that was about 18 years ago. I moved here with a one-way ticket. And I knew one person and I was starting a business network. So that was a very interesting um, experience. And I was literally thrown in to uh, the deep end. My inverted commas day job right now is I typically uh, spend my time either uh, mentoring, coaching entrepreneurs. I invest in startups and... I focus primarily on LinkedIn to help uh, businesses get more business using LinkedIn. Yeah, and 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 I know you as that sort of uh, the master of of LinkedIn, and that's how I came to sort of know you. But let's let's take a step back to one or two of those things you were talking about setting up this network. I mean, setting up networks can be quite a thankless task, or feel like it's quite difficult. I mean, how are your early experiences of, of that because I'm, I'm from what I understand that, that it wasn't plain sailing at the start can you just sort of take us through that and, and how you how you overcame the challenges you faced any of these things when you start out new like a new startup uh, you start with a lot of gusto and energy um, but unless you get clear on why you're doing something you know you're not able to sustain it really came a point where I think maybe two years in and, and I only had two networking groups and maybe about, I don't know, 40 uh, members. And I remember the founder of that network saying, you know, if, you, if I don't see some serious growth next year, I'm going to um, you know, terminate your franchise. So, you know, kind of that, that was the wake up call that I kind of got. That by itself won't have been enough to get me uh, really going. So really, I started peeling back the onion and going into, you know, why am I doing this? And I set a particular number that I wanted to get this network to. Um, but more important was the motivation as to why I was doing it. And what had happened was I had seen one of the members of the network uh, get to 10 million rupees and everyone was super excited in in one year you generated 10 million rupees and i thought wow that's pretty amazing if we can help replicate this for every member then we'll certainly be you know doing something quite measurable and tangible for any small business and not only that if these small business owners then could employ 10 more people, that's, we're creating 10 more jobs. But not only that, in India, particularly, uh, you know, one person may be working and maybe supporting many family members. So you're, you're really 
supporting that many families. So, so then, you know, it became very clear that, okay, well, what were we here to do? And, you know, we were here to help create uh, 100,000, you know, uh, kind of multimillionaires who would then create, you know, 1 million new jobs, uh, you know, across the Indian community, which would support a million uh, families in India. And, you know, it suddenly everything became very clear. I think having that level of why certainty and clarity right, created massive attraction. So there you were then, you know, you're being told that you know, your license could be terminated. And, and that's a sort of the old fashioned fight or flight moment, really. I mean, so you, you chose to fight, but was there a part of you thinking, well, I should look for something else to do? I mean, was it a, a key moment for you? And, uh, and, and, and yeah, go on. They're going back. <laughs> you know, because I, I had I left the family businesses. Uh, I was expected to take them over as I was the eldest um, in the family, and uh, I was being groomed for that. But you know, after having spent nine years in them, you know, I really wasn't happy. And I, I think I, I kind of finally said, "Okay, I need to." I'm at that age where if I don't make this move now, I will regret it forever, and I'll be stuck. Uh, so when I made that move, the, the family was less than impressed and then decided <laughs> to cut me off and, and, and said, okay, if you're leaving us, then you know, you're on your own. So <laughs> it already kind of made those decisions and there was no going back. You know, there was no like uh, going back with tail between my legs or you know, saying that there's something else. I, mean, I had no choice but to make whatever I was doing work. Yeah. But it didn't work for me unless un, until I connected to my inner compass. Uh, and, and then everything really fell into place. Okay. So tell us so this inner compass, I mean it's a it's a very important thing and it's a constant recurring theme amongst many of the entrepreneurs that I I talk to. I mean when I think of you, I think of somebody who's very confident, a master of their their field, and and so on. I'm sure the truth is more complicated. You're sort of in that, but but is confidence part of that com- that compass, or, or is that something separate? I am an introvert, and you know, here I was having to uh, in charge of starting this network. So I, I and and I only knew one person in the country, so I had to get very good at walking in a room and you know, identifying centers of influence and becoming influential or friendly with them. So I you know, was kind of thrown in the deep end um, because I was so clear about the why I was doing this. Uh, it allowed me, it gave me that courage. And I, and I think with that courage, we're not able to do these things. Then I think once courage is there, you know, the, the attitude is there. And then it's just, okay, you know, any of these things, I think, are learnable. And, you know, if you spend some time, you know, seeing who are, who are successful networkers out there, and you start modeling them, then, you know, you'll see that a lot of these things um, are not, uh, you know, art or a science, but, you know, all of these things can be learned and, you know, can be codified. So that's exactly how I went about it. And I built my confidence in building the business. And, and uh, the larger the business grew, 
then the more confident I became. But, you know, initially you had to fake it until you made it. But, you know, you have to have that, again, that inner compass was driving you. Saying that yeah. You're on the right track. You're doing the right thing. You're here to help people. And by me not sharing my gift, my business or opportunity with people, then that would actually somehow be downplaying it. So let me just look at that a bit more, because I know our listeners will be really interested in this compass, that if you've got your compass right, your purpose, you know, why you're doing the things, I mean, did you suddenly feel that what made you get up each day, what made you do what you do, so it just became much, much easier that it just sort of flowed more naturally or not? I mean, I, I, I had a particular life event uh, that, that was there in uh, 2001, and I was at the uh, life mastery program with Tony Robbins. This around the time when 9/11 happened. So I had, you know, some certain moments there because we were in the U.S. at that time, and about 500 people were there uh, from uh, New York. You know, I I just felt after that moment that I wanted to help people, but I didn't know how I wanted to help people. I think then, you know, it's just to say that okay, I have this itch. I have to find a way to scratch it. You know, they, I have to find a vehicle that I can use to somehow, um, you know, do it. And I, I just felt that mine would be something business related because I'm very passionate about business, you know, having grown up in a fam- family, uh, you know, so <laughs> talk business all the time. So, so that was definitely something that I wanted to do, do, but I hadn't figured out what I was exactly going to do. And it's only when you kind of keep your eyes and ears open and then this right opportunity comes along and seems like, oh, and, and I think it was a friend of mine who kind of had the opportunity and said, I think this would be good for you. And must have been must have been a very good friend and who sort yes. of knew you, knew you knew you well. I think a lot of people would be interested in the fact that you said that you're an introvert. Um, uh, there is a widespread misconception in my opinion you know around you know what an entrepreneur is and and in this country uh, there's a sort of a tv image of an entrepreneur swashbuckling extroverts but would you say then that there is many different types of entrepreneurs as there are people really that, that it's, it's not really a character type for for entrepreneurs no, not, not, not at all. And I think, I mean, there are many people out there who are just good at what they do and uh, don't need to end up interacting with too many people, uh, know how to crunch the numbers or put the strategy or the system together, and uh, they're able to do extremely well. And there are others who, you know, thrive of the energy of meeting people. That's what keeps them going. You know, my wife is also involved in the business. She actually is the natural networker. I'm, I'm more, you know, the uh, systems person uh, from behind. So, you know, whenever I go to these big events, you know, I, I need a couple of days to kind of, you know, calm down, come, come back to earth. And Now, I know that you're sort of, you're scaling up in terms of what you're doing. I mean, you know, you and I have been on sort of uh, courses in which we would call this going from yellow to green. Uh, which to those listeners who don't know is is all about that from going from like a one man band to to having more people and and putting the, the the team first. I personally have said on this podcast before about how what a difficult challenge that is. I mean, what's what's been the biggest challenge for you in making uh, making that move? 
I think you, you've got to first get clear about uh, what are things that you can offload that you know, typically end up on your to-do list often and you just have no inclination to actually complete them, you know, <laughs> no matter how good your intentions are. And, you know, you've got to find someone who will just really enjoy doing that. You know, they, they just love uh, maybe number crunching or put, putting together this sort of data or whatever the uh, case may be. So I think, you know, that might be someone's, you know, dream job or, you know, dream task. Uh, they love doing that. Uh, so identifying those and then uh, slowly uh, getting those off. And I think in this day and age now, people are more used to, Okay, you will get an uh, assistant, an executive assistant, uh, you know. But initially, I remember when I was looking to do this, like, uh, there were none of these virtual assistants or anything like that. I mean, you actually had to employ someone and, you know, that was a big deal, you know. So, um, but I think that was the best uh, thing that I ended up doing. And then identifying one by one, you know, I did an organization chart of where I wanted to be, say, in 10 years time. And then I, you know, did that scary thing where I put my name in all the boxes. <laughs> and then I began to say, okay, which is the one where I need to, you know, like immediately take my name off and, and find someone else. So I think this is how I uh, went about doing, doing has there, it. Has there been it made a... much more sense to me. <laughs> has, there, has there been a particular box on that organogram or whatever you want to call it where you actually you sure showed a marked reluctance to take your name off there, you know, maybe because it was something you loved doing and wanted to carry on doing, but you knew in your heart well, of hearts you had to stop doing it yeah. in order to progress. I'd yeah. be interested in that. Yeah, well, well, one of them was the leadership training for this networking organization, and that was kind of a six-monthly event. And, you know, because uh, this business was run by those particular leaders, so, you know, it was, it was very important. And I remember getting to a point where I had trained individually all the different people to be able to deliver it. But I was still there, you know, like a mother hen, uh, <laughs> you know, in the background, you know. And, and then there came a time when I said, you know what, I'm, I have to actually not be there. Like, I have to be somewhere far away. That's the only way I'm going to be able to do it. I, I decided to take my lunch uh, uh my lovely wife out for a lunch date but i remember you know despite this incredible woman being in front of me you know my mind back in the leadership training but the the fact is you know the business survived and in fact thrived and you know uh, i i needed to maybe just do that more for myself and see that yes you know nothing's gonna like no one's gonna die uh you know, because I wasn't there. <laughs> so so for those who have yet to reach that stage, I mean, the, the sort of nirvana is that as you scale up your time and your team, then life gets easier or does it just get different? I, I think it just gets different. I, I think you've got to, uh, yeah, I'm naturally quite structured with my time and how uh, productive I am. So I'm, I'm used to that and I'm good at... Uh, kind of drilling down to details and then going up to a sort of 30,000 foot view. I think that's the key thing that as a leader, as, as you grow the organization, you've got to get good at doing that. And you've got to identify the next level of leaders. Um, you know, typically, I would like them 
like it to happen internally, but if you're not able to do it internally to you know get them externally create that attraction, uh, be on the lookout for uh, those sorts of people, and get good at presenting an opportunity. Uh, you know because typically those you know A players uh, you know they're not looking for a job. So you know you you've got to get good at developing those relationships and then. Uh, presenting the opportunity in the right way uh, at the right time, uh, and then things are more likely uh, to to happen. I, I want to sort of always in these podcasts give listeners the confidence they need to succeed. Now, you described a sort of success that was initially born of of your back being to the wall, if you like, that you just felt like there was no choice, yeah. but you you had to you couldn't go back. You had to succeed. Now, I would say that you are a success. You know, to my eyes, you're a success already. And and does that mean that your mindset has to shift as well in that? I mean, in, in some ways, um, you know, having no choice but to succeed, you know, gave you a sort of focus. But now if you've achieved a measure of success and so on, has that changed for you? Do you feel that same impetus? There's something that's driving you on to succeed some more? No, I mean, I think you see at, at different levels of success, then, you know, if we're looking at Maslow's human needs, you know, a lot of those key human needs are already met. Then it, you know, really becomes uh, a question of what's meaningful to you, number one. And number two, enjoying the process of doing those meaningful. So, you know, and, and this was a secret, you know, that I, I didn't come up with, but uh, Marshall Goldsmith, the number one, um, leadership coach in the world, I had an opportunity to I don't know, meet him one to one, and you know, uh, a, a short fifteen-minute thing became a you know a couple of hours, which was just incredible. And we discussed a lot of these uh, particular things. So um, I think you change, uh, and then you know you have to see what's going to drive you, you know, because. The same things that would have driven me maybe 10 years ago, uh, don't talk to me anymore. Uh, you know, at that time, you know, I, I didn't have a family. Uh, I have a family, a young family. So, you know, I would prefer more uh, you know, time there. And, you know, right now I am actually thinking about these things in terms of you know, where do I want to be in the next five years, 10 years? Because as you do become more successful, I think more opportunities come your way. Um, and I think, you know, uh, you have to get good at saying no. For our listeners, what are you up to right now? I mean, are there particular projects or things that you're working on? And also, second question is, how can people find out more about you? Yeah. Um, so I'm currently looking more at the startup uh, ecosystem and accelerators and things like that. Uh, I'm looking at uh, crypto and this whole new Web 3.0 side of things, how that's happening. Um, I've, I've continued to be in the networking business, but not so much offline networking as online networking, because I think LinkedIn has become an incredibly uh, profitable place if you know how to use it. Um, and people can find me at nirajshah.me, that's N-E-E-R-A-J-S-H-A-H.me, or can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and, and connect with me. Well, thank you so much to Niraj for his time. I, I love how he found his sense of purpose, 
how it gave him the courage to succeed, the way he talks about this thing called his inner compass and how he became a great networker in spite of being an introvert at heart. So thank you to him and thank you too to you, our listeners, for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate and review us through your usual podcast provider. And if you want to find out more about the Mericast or our business Meribor Media, you can find us on LinkedIn or email me at trevor.meriden at meribormedia.co.uk. So don't forget to join us again. And until then, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.